In so many ways, Paris is the cultural capital of Europe. With tips for enjoying a night out on the town, we're joined now by Andy Steves and Lola Altman. My son Andy leads weekend getaways for college students in the capitals of Europe, and Lola Altman lived in Paris for 10 years and studied philosophy and theater at the Sorbonne. They're here to bring us a youthful perspective on enjoying Paris after dark. Andy and Lola, welcome. It's great to be on the show, Dan. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Lola, Paris is called the City of Light. When you think about After Dark Paris, how is that connected? Well, you have to think that in Paris, you'd start to have dinner a bit later than in America. Mm -hmm. So you'll go after works um, having drinks, and then you'll have dinner maybe around 8 p.m., 9 p.m., and then the night starts, and the lights are everywhere in the whole city. In fact, a lot of people enjoy sitting on the steps of Montmartre and watching the lights come on. Absolutely. Did you ever do that as a student? Yes. What's um, that like? So you just um, sit on, in the grass next to the Sacre Coeur and uh, you have like a nice bottle of wine and a little bit of a picnic and you, you can see the whole city of Paris so we're, slowly we're on lighting this, the, up. It's the mountain, the, it's the big hill in Paris with the Neo-Byzantine church, the Sacre Coeur. Yes. And I'm so glad to hear you say that because a lot of tourists goes there and if you sit right on the steps, it feels kind of... Uh, trashy touristic, but you're sitting in the grassy area, the little parks on the side, French yes. students. And again, tell us, you're sitting there with your school friends and your bottle of wine, and what do you see? So you see the city slightly lighting up. So first the Eiffel Tower, and then you can see all, all the buildings, like people living in their flats. So you can see all the little lights and also all the nightlife going on. So well, it gives you like a, a whole view of the whole city and what's it's comes a grand to life. view. And, and Paris is famous for floodlighting the historic monuments. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like little jewels you can see. Oh, there's the Pantheon. There's the Eiffel Tower. There's the Arc de Triomphe. Andy, have you been there on Montmartre in the evening? One of the reasons I love Montmartre so much is that historically, it's right on the edge of old central Paris. And so that's right where the toll gate was. If you wanted to go inside, you got to pay tax on your food, your wine, things like that. But if you hang out just outside, that's where the real fun is, you know, the old city gates. And so that, I think, has been a, um, a historical parallel. That's why it also happens to be a, a nightlife hub even today. So we're talking 19th century or before centuries ago, mm-hmm. that this is where the nonconformists, where the bohemians, where the, the bohemians, artists, the artists, the, the uh, prostitutes, prostitutes, the street musicians. Soldiers would go there for, uh, you know, for their after dr- after work drinks and everything. And th- and that culture still is, is there today. And I love to see how in cities today, whether we're talking about Paris, Rome, Barcelona, places are geographically located there for a reason. And when you're able to tap into that with a little bit of understanding, mm-hmm. nightlife is not just something fun to do. I'd say it's a historical lesson. Lola, when you're on Montmartre, also you're very close to the very touristy Moulin Rouge. And that's where we have the Can-Can dance and the famous uh, Parisian culture from a century ago. What is that like today? Well, today it's more of a touristic thing to do, I'd uh-huh. say. But... Um this whole neighborhood, Pigalle, is really interesting because at night you have every kind of people there. So you have the young people who want to go out, the tourists who are coming to discover Pigalle because it's a famous district. Yeah. Um, you have all kind of people and all kind of ages and all kind of cultures. Now, Pigalle, the American uh, soldiers in World War II nicknamed it Pig Alley. Uh, I think Americans, it's famous for Americans because so many soldiers had a 
unforgettable experience there, and it's uh, sort of the grungy red light district, but it's also the cabaret, uh, you know, the can-can dancing, and uh, let's talk about different districts in Paris that would give you a different sense of after-dark fun. Andy, what, what's a good district for you if you're trying to get away from the tourist and, and connect with uh, French culture? I think that's a great place to start as well, because in Paris, where you are really changes your experience. Let's start with where not to go. Uh, you know, when it comes to visiting Paris, everybody has Champs-Élysées and the Arc de Triomphe on the list. That is where you want to be in the day. After the sun goes down, it's time to get out into different neighborhoods. If you're on a budget and you want a picnic, like we mentioned, Montmartre is great, of course, overlooking the city, or Champ de Mar, right in front of the Eiffel Tower. You can get that bottle of wine, some cheese, and watch it sparkle up on the hour, uh, mm. five minutes at the top of the hour each hour. Um, so the Champ de Mar is the former parade ground at the uh, military school, the Eco Militaire, and they mm-hmm. had that big, vast expanse of land, and they decided, let's build the Eiffel Tower on it. So today it's the big park around the Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. and it's one place in Paris where people are welcome to sit on the grass, mm-hmm. and it's a great collection spot for young people with their picnics and everybody who wants to enjoy. You mentioned the Eiffel Tower twinkles on the hour. On the hour, exactly. You know, that the we can now enjoy that picnic in what was the, an old World's Fair ground. Again, relatively touristy, but all are welcome. Then there's uh, Le Marais, for example, the gay district of Paris, which has great shopping, lots of delicious food, and, of course, an interesting nightlife scene as well. My favorite is the Canal District. We mentioned that. It's a neighborhood that goes up and down in the northwest, uh, northeast part of town. And I love it because it's trendy cafes, cool bars, and it also brings out the people that are fun to be around. Is this Very in English St. Martin's Canal? St. Martin's Canal. So that would be a good place to go just to feel the local vibe. And that's mm-hmm. where I lived for eight years. Oh, so what's your tip about uh, the St. Martin? The good thing is to just sit on the quay. Meaning the, uh, the, the sort of side the, of the, the, the side of the canal. Of the canal yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And everybody sits there and you can bring a bit of music and have a picnic. And, and then you always are going to speak with anybody who is sitting next to you. So you always meet people. And it's all the locals, usually. I mean, there's also And if an adventurous traveler, maybe we say a traveler instead of a tourist, can come there yes. with a picnic and they can make some friends. Absolutely. It's a great place to... Meet the locals. You know, I've noticed in France, when you look at historic pictures of, of Paris, it's just muddy, mucky riverbanks. And then, I believe it was in uh, the 19th century, in the 1800s, the riverbanks were made uh, more solid with uh, stones or concrete or whatever. And today we have these beautiful walkways along the rivers. And that's where people go at night. And it's an extravaganza of elegant picnic dinners. And these are not tourists. These are local people that bring a, a blanket can you describe that whole culture of dining in a picnic way on the Seine? Well, yeah, it's like um, sharing a moment. So you bring your food, but it's more about sharing a moment all together and enjoying, like, during the summer, the weather is so nice to stay outside. You can stay outside until 3 in the morning if you want to. Yeah. And there will always be some people on the side and everybody is, like, bringing a guitar or, you know, sharing music. You could spend... $50 for the most expensive picnic you could imagine for two or three or four people <laughs> and eat better and have a better memory than going to a restaurant and spending four times that, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And along the canal, you also have nice um, bars and cafes if, you, if you're not comfortable sitting on the floor because it's not always really comfortable. More than ever. Because I remember the embankment along the canal was filled with cars or it was just a no-go zone for people. And now it's very people-friendly. One of my favorite memories is renting a bike and biking the entire length of the river past all of these bars and these 
sort of fabricated beaches. Andy, talk about the, what is it, the Periplage? The Periplage. That's something that you're seeing all across Europe now is a real investment and attention paid to renovating and really re-upping other districts that have been ignored in history. So just like you're talking about the Canal District or the riverbanks, what used to be run down and not a place you'd want to go are now some of the most prime located places to go on a nice little promenade and enjoy a picnic. The Periplage, if you get to go to Paris in the summer, what happens is for those who can't get away from the city for vacation, the city actually carts in uh, truckfuls, and maybe Lola knows the statistics, but they bring in dump truckfuls of sand and make a plage or a beach on the river bank right there. And uh, what I like to do is hop on a, a river cruise and go up and down the length of the Seine in the in the city and kind of pick out my zone that I want to go back to and enjoy that night. Great idea. And yeah. the river cruises are, are quite economic, and they take an hour, and mm-hmm. they've got an English uh, narration, and it'll cost you 20 bucks or something. And then you can scout out where you want to go to hang out on the beach. Exactly. Paris. Right under Pont Neuf. That's where I would actually cap <laughs> our tours, Dad. I, at the end of the 21-day extravaganza, there was nothing better than to take an evening sunset cruise on the River Seine that leaves from Pont Neuf and costs just about eight, nine euros. That's the riverboat tour that leaves from the Ile de la Cité, mm-hmm, exactly. uh, right next to the, the new bridge, the Pont Neuf. And uh, other boats leave from around the Eiffel Tower, but I do like the boats that leave right from the island, at mm-hmm. the tip of the island. It's so funny because you'll see pockets as you go up and down. You'll see, of course, the cool kids, the hipsters. Uh, you'll see the more elegant boats passing by. Then as further you get down towards the Bastille district, you'll see, okay, there's a Latin quarter where you, you hear some salsa and some tango maybe. Um, and, you know, it's just fun to see all of Paris passing by you. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Paris after dark. And our guides are Andy Steves and Lola Altman, two guides who have spent a lot of time having a lot of fun after the sun goes down. So during the day or after dark, the beach of Paris is a lot of fun for locals and tourists alike. I, I mean, I just remember there's trampolines, there's uh, lounge chairs, there's... Uh, Everything uh, you can imagine. Palm trees in on boxes. There's Mr. Experiences, you know, because it's in the heat of the day, all the mist is coming down, so it's really nice. You also see, uh, you know, enotecas or wine bars and, you know, craft breweries that move in in these shipping containers. It's a happening... If you're and looking you for a great value for a club or a mm-hmm. bar... On the river. Mm -hmm. Check it it out. It's an open-air party. Lola, Andy mentioned uh, jazz clubs on the river. What is the jazz club scene in general? Because I think a lot of people are thinking jazz when they go to Paris. Well, most of the jazz is happening in Saint-Michel, so not far from the from the Paris Plage. Okay, um, that's near the Latin Quarter? Absolutely. Uh, it's right. just um, close to Notre-Dame. Yes. And if you go further up. And you have all the little caves where you can go and listen to jazz. And I think the most famous, Le Caveau de Huchet. De la Huchette. Caveau it is so good. And it's, it's so, all the tourists know about it. It's in every guidebook. But you go down there, and it's in this deep cave underneath these historic old buildings. And it's just dripping with atmosphere. And it's local dance enthusiasts with great jazz. And these people take their dancing seriously, and the, the jazz is like right out of the, the 50s or something. And uh, as a tourist, you feel privileged to be there. Absolutely. And you can have 
um, any songs you'd like to. So if you want to ask for a Frank Sinatra, the singer's going to sing it for you. And <laughs> With these jazz clubs in these cellars, you might take a look to the side of the wall and you'll see three different levels or uh, candle holders. And those, can, those holders would hold candles that would go out if um, air was running out in these old cellars. So that was a way that during war times, people could know, is there enough oxygen to be safe in this bomb shelter? You sound like a tour guide. Imagine There's, that. <laughs> There's so much to know. You're, you're dancing surrounded by history. I love it. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about Paris after dark, and we're joined by Lola Altman and Andy Steves. Lola, in the evening in Paris, uh, a lot of times you've gone to the big museum and you just kind of, you just want to relax. And for me, it's very easy to go to the cinema. And a beautiful thing in Paris is to get the little uh, regular, it's every two weeks, I think, magazine, uh, Pepperscope and it costs less than a dollar, and you can read that. Even if it's in French, you can understand what's playing tonight. And Paris has the most wonderful cinema culture, and these little theaters are tiny theaters. They're just 50 seats or something, and you've got a 100 movies playing every night around town. The key for the tourist is to remember VF means version French, and VO means version original, and if it's a, an American or an English language film, it'll be playing in English with French subtitles, is that right? Yes, absolutely. So any tourist can go to their selection of dozens and dozens of different movies in English in beautiful little theaters. But if you elevate it a little bit more, you could actually go to the theater. Yes, so just about the cinema, also in the Latin Quarter, you have two little cinemas um, next to La Sorbonne where you can uh, watch old movies. So they do like retrospective about all the movies of Hitchcock or each time it's a different director and it's always... Usually American movies. And that's a short walk from the Latin Quarter, so most of us tourists will be around there. You could just walk right up to the Sorbonne. Yes. Where you went to school. Yes, and it's just in a little street right next to the Sorbonne. And see historic movies. And if you want to see live theater, a a play, my frustration is I I only speak English. Uh, What are the options that we have if we want to see theater in Paris, but we speak only English? So nowadays we have subtitled theater in English, so it's French so we're theater. We're talking not movies. This is a play on stage. Yes, okay. plays and musicals that are in French and subtitled in English, and you also have plays that are on purpose in English. Would they, if they're on purpose in English, would they use the screens that have the translation into English from French? Would they translate it into French for people who don't speak English? Um, yes, they would. There is one play that is called "Oh My God, She's Parisian," and it's all in English. But it's understandable for French people, too. So you can share a moment with French and Americans watching the same play. Is it old-fashioned to get the Periscope? Would you rather just go online, or is Periscope still a good uh, resource? Periscope is still good, but more and more people go on the internet. Yes, Yes. and for all the plays in English, if you want to make sure you get the right... There's a website, it's called Théâtre in Paris. So theatre, but... With T and R. The, the English way, the British way of spelling it. The French way of spelling it. <laughs> the Fr- <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay, the French way of spelling theater. Absolutely. So you type the, the French word for theater, which is the same as the, the British word, and then in Paris, and you'll learn about that. Yes. Very good tip. Thank you. This is so fun talking about the city of light after dark. Uh, I would like each of you to finish with just one little tip on how you would recommend enjoying Paris after dinner. For me, it would be hiring an Uber and giving him a list of all the famous monuments that are floodlit because Paris prides itself in lighting up its monuments. 
and the Uber driver goes to each monument and stops, and you get out and take a picture and do a little happy jig and get back in and go to the next place. It'll cost you 50 bucks, it'll take an hour, but you get a chance to check out the beautiful floodlit monuments of Paris after dark. Andy, what would you recommend? For me, I, I don't mean to you know, beat a dead horse, but I love the Canal District, and there's a particular venue called the Comptoir General. That's the general store, but it's just one extravaganza of French Afro culture fused together, and it's in these old stables. So you go through kind of this back alleyway, if you're lucky enough to get past the bouncers, and then you get to you know enter this grand entrance with the like ethnic art on the walls. You go into the bar. It's under this big uh, wooden ship, if you can imagine, and and it's just the most eclectic experience that you can, <laughs> that you can possibly have. Bringing but, African and French culture together after mm-hmm. dark. What is the name again? Comptoir General. So that's the general store. And you mentioned American jokingly English. getting past the bouncers. Is that actually an issue? We, As Americans, we tend to stand out. And mm-hmm. what I try to do is blend in as much as I can. That's oh. dark clothes, long pants, pointy shoes as a guy, and uh, or relatively pointy shoes. <laughs> no tennis shoes. No, no new balances getting in the door. But if you're able to wear a button-up and wear some dark tight pants that usually will get you on the, so you know, on the short list. It's a place with some self-respect and they want to keep out trashy tourists. No shorts, no flip-flops, that sort of gotcha. thing. I just wanted to add quickly that Le Comptoir General, so it's old stables because it was taking care of the horses that were pulling the barges along the canal. Oh. There you go. Okay. So that's why it's, and it's very rare in mm. Paris to find such a big place to party. Mm-hmm. So thanks to the old horse-drawn carriage days, we have the general, what is it, the general store? General store, yeah. Okay, Lola, your tip. Mm, I would say one thing that if you happen to be in France on the 14th of July for Bastille Day, it would be great. In every district that night, the fireman house is open and there's a bar with a ganguette, what we call ganguette, so you can dance all night long with the fireman and there are little... Um, lights uh, everywhere in the fireman place. Oh, my goodness. I think that would be um, a nice, obsolete thing to do. And if you're in Paris on Bastille Day, that's 10 days after our 4th of July, is that the 13th or the 14th that you would have the parties? You have uh, 13th and 14th, so you have to check ahead on the Internet. But every neighborhood is run like its own little town, so these are arrondissements? Absolutely. And the firemen put on these parties... And they, I've been there. We filmed it. And it is like crazy. And it's so crowded, you can't believe it. And you don't need to worry about the fire marshal coming by because <laughs> he's in the middle of it all having a blast. <laughs> so many ways to enjoy Paris after dark. Andy Steves, Lola Altman, merci bien. Merci beaucoup, à bientôt. Merci. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. Travel as a political act adds meaning to the journey. And Rick Steves' best-selling country, city, and pocket guidebooks cover every corner of Europe. To learn more, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.